In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us all that we need so that we can continue to have hope in what He gives us. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Today we're starting off a new sermon series, like I was saying before the worship service actually began. And this sermon series is all about hope. And hope is one of those integral things about our lives as human beings. Pretty much everybody in this room probably has some form of hope, something that you're hoping in. And right now in our setting, we're in this very interesting place and time where we're, we're really kind of at a pinnacle of hope for the, the things that are around us, right here on the campus of Florida State University, uh, people are already beginning to hope for what next semester is going to be like. There are people that are back at their homes, and they're going to be coming in as freshmen, and they are hoping many different things. They're hoping that they're going to have a great start to their college career. They're hoping that they're going to be able to find their classes. They're hoping that people will not make fun of them when they get here. They're hoping maybe that life will be different. They're hoping maybe that they'll find a girlfriend or a boyfriend. They're hoping in all sorts of different things. And those people that have already been here and they're they're about to return or maybe they're still here, they're hoping too. They're hoping maybe that their grades will turn out a little bit better than what they did last semester. They're hoping that maybe when they graduate this year that they'll actually have a job that they can go to and they don't have to move back to mom and dad's house. They're hoping in all sorts of different things. And even for those of us who aren't students, who aren't uh, integrally related to FSU, we all have our hopes as well. We have these hopes that maybe we'll get a race this year, or maybe we'll have a baby, or maybe there will be something about our lives that will change in a dramatic way. And all of us have these, these hopes And as you think about it, as you think through those hopes, just think a year ahead of time, a year from now, there's probably something that right away you can pick out that you say, I hope that this happens. And it's kind of an interesting thing because usually those hopes are the things that we work towards. Those hopes are the things that begin to take up most of our lives. If they're really, truly hopes, they're things that we want to work on, we want to work towards. And so if we want better grades, we're probably going to study a little bit more. And if we want a boyfriend or a girlfriend, then we probably will take a shower a little bit more often. And so our hopes and our work, they're they're sort of related, Because our work a lot of times kind of shows what we hope in. And that's really sort of what Solomon is talking about in this reading from Ecclesiastes. He's talking about where he's finding hope and where he's trying to find hope and where he ends up kind of hopeless. Because you see, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Solomon... Is this amazing character in Scripture. Solomon is the wisest person to have ever walked the earth as a normal human being, Scripture tells us. And so Solomon is this person who his brain works apparently in a much different way 
than what ours does. And so Solomon began to really investigate life and, and investigate what it meant to be a living, breathing human being. And a lot of what that means is that he began to investigate what hope meant and what he could hope in. And Solomon, we also know, because when he was asking for a gift from God, God said, kind of like a genie and a lantern, God said, ask for anything and I'll give it to you. And Solomon, instead of saying, I want riches or I want uh, fun times or whatever, Solomon said, I want wisdom because uh, you're going to make me king of this nation and I have no idea how to do that. My dad was a great king. I have no idea how I'm going to be a better king. And I need wisdom. So give me wisdom and I will be happy with wisdom. And God says, great. You ask for wisdom, I'm going to give you wisdom. But because you ask for wisdom, and not just for riches or anything else, I'm actually going to give you great stuff. I am going to give you riches like your father has never seen. I am going to give you the ability to throw parties that make anything in the electro-dance music craze right now look pretty pathetic. I'm going to give you the ability to do all sorts of stuff. To build these great buildings, to build great palaces, to have great parties, to enjoy life to the fullest. I'm even going to give you about 300 wives and even more concubines. Now, it could be argued whether having more than one wife is actually an enjoyable thing, um, or if it just causes problems for you, but that's another sermon. But God says, I'm going to give you all of this stuff. And so uh, Solomon, being sort of this wise person, I I think he begins to examine, okay, now that I've got all of this stuff, how does this work? Why, why do we think this stuff makes us happy? And so what Solomon does is he goes and he toils. He works himself to the bone saying, this is where a lot of us find our worth. It's where a lot of us find our hope. It's where a lot of us find who we are. And what he finds is that it lets him down. He finds that he, he works himself to the bone. He, he makes all of these great things. He does all of this great stuff. He collects and amasses all of this wealth. And yet, at the end of it here, at the end of his life in Ecclesiastes, he's saying, this is all vanity. All of the stuff that I've gotten, it's just, it doesn't give me hope. And a lot of us have been there. Where we've hoped so much in something. We've put our hopes on such a pinnacle and we've worked so hard in order to get whatever that thing is and we finally get it and we go, go, it doesn't make me feel that good. Yeah, I've got it. I've wanted it for a long time, but now that I have it, I've just got it. And so then Solomon in his life, if we look at the rest of his life, he goes into this like massive party scene. And if you read through the Bible and, and the parts about uh, what all Solomon was doing, he was holding these massive parties. Uh, it, 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 and they it would give him allotments 
for his parties, allotments for the things that he was doing every day. And they involved uh, enough wine to make at least 315 people just crazy plastered. And enough beef, enough bulls, that you could feed at least 500 people. And enough wheat that you could make at least 1,500 cakes. And so, that's exactly what what Solomon said. He, He said, okay, look, work doesn't work, so I'll just go and party. That will make me feel better. That will give me some hope. I'll get up every morning and I'll have this hope for that great party that I'm going to host. And if you read what Solomon is saying in this book of Ecclesiastes, it's that he actually gets that too. He gets this crazy party life that a lot of us would just, we think that we would love to have. It's the thing that we see in music videos and um, all over the place in different forms of media. And Solomon says, I did that. And it doesn't work. And that's a lot of what this book of Ecclesiastes is all about is Solomon's grand experiment of seeking hope and seeking pleasure and seeking enjoyment in things and finding out this is just vanity. This is just something that I'll throw away at the end of the day. But there's this one little thing that Solomon does find at the end of our reading today. And and at first, it sounds like a horrible thing to many of us, at least in our culture. Solomon says, the best thing that we can hope for is to eat and to drink and to enjoy our toil. To find enjoyment in our work. And... A lot of us look at that and we go, wow, that really sounds like an awful plan, Solomon. Because we want to amass all of this stuff. We want to get all of these things that we think are so great. We want to collect them for ourselves. But Solomon is saying, you you don't get it. All of that collecting, it's all just very temporary. And if you really understand the temporary nature of what this life is like, you'll actually start to enjoy things. If you stop trying to figure figure out how to amass more and more wealth for yourself, and you start figuring out how to enjoy eating and drinking, sustaining your body so that you can do stuff, And then enjoying your toil. Working. And we have this crazy idea in our culture that working is all about us. That we go to work so that we can get a paycheck. But that's actually not what God created work to be for. God created work to be something where you were doing something for somebody else. And so that's what Solomon is saying. Eat, drink, work for other people. You will love life. Eat, drink, bring value to other folks. 
And that is what is given to you by God. Along the way, you will gather some things up. But if you've got working for other people at the center of your life, you'll actually enjoy what you're doing. But if you have just this sort of sense of, I want all of this stuff, you're going to be like the person who built bigger barns in the Gospel reading. Where God says, sorry, time's up. Eat, drink, work for other people. And amazingly enough, we know somebody who modeled exactly that for us. We know somebody who came to this earth as a human baby boy, who started his life with us off, eating and drinking, just like the rest of us do. In fact, so many of his miracles involve eating and drinking that you just can't look away at how important that is. That even his one sustaining miracle in our lives that we celebrate every Sunday here involves eating and drinking. That when Jesus came to this world, he understood how important it was for us to eat and drink and to sustain our lives and our bodies. And how pleasurable that was, and how great that was. And he also found enjoyment in his toil. From the very first miracle, to when he was preaching, to finally being in a place where there wasn't much enjoyment. Dying on a cross to forgive us of our sins. But the enjoyment that he found there was exactly the enjoyment that Solomon is talking about. It's the enjoyment of working for other people. It's the understanding that I'm doing this for somebody else. It's, I know that by dying on the cross, I am going to have all of these people at University Lutheran in the resurrection with me. And that is such an amazing thing that I am going to even enjoy being put to death. On a cross. Not because it's a great job and the benefits package is amazing. But because you find enjoyment in your toil. When you find love for the people that you're toiling for. And he had that. In droves. More love than Solomon had wisdom. More love than Solomon had riches. More love than Solomon had wives. Our God had enough love that He came to this earth and He ate and He drank and He found enjoyment in His toil so that He could give us A hope that doesn't involve collecting things for ourselves. But a hope that enables us to give away that need to collect things for ourselves. Because we know that He's given us all that we could ever imagine. Amen.